Welcome to WeChat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, legal liaison, and Catherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of WeChat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial preparation services so clients can prepare for divorce, protect their assets, and secure their worth. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to apply to work with us. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Today, Catherine and I are so happy to welcome Jasmine Rice, a certified transformational life coach and NLP practitioner, which we will learn about in a little bit, and best-selling author. In this episode, we're going to discuss personal growth, dating, and resiliency after divorce. But first, let me just take a couple minutes to introduce Jasmine. Jasmine is a certified coach, as I said, best-selling author, and founder of Good Things Are Gonna Come, LLC an integrated coaching business and aligned community aimed at helping others feel empowered as they rebuild their lives following divorce or during other life transitions. Welcome, Jasmine. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Very excited. Before we get into our topic, I was on your website and I noticed that you have a space where you talk about creating your own life recipe. I love that. What, what is that? <laughs> well, that began because of my name. My name is Jasmine Rice and it's a type of food. And when I was going through my divorce, I kind of played on that a little bit. And I realized that a lot of what I was doing to heal myself was not reading one book and taking that for everything that it was, but picking and choosing, just like we do with recipes. You might make chocolate chip cookies a very different way than somebody else does. And so you can pick and choose really what's going to work for you. There's no one size fits all approach to anything in life. And that includes navigating your healing journey. And so you get to create your own recipe and tweak it along the way. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. I, I might like cooking after all. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Well, it caught my eye and I thought, wow, that's something we're definitely going to have to talk about today. So thanks for that. Absolutely. My next question is, can you explain to our audience, what is an NLP practitioner? NLP stands for neurolinguistic programming, and it's similar to cognitive behavioral therapy. What you're doing is you are tapping into the unconscious. And so the majority of what we think is at the unconscious level, and it's changing those thought patterns. There are hundreds of different techniques that you can use that are in NLP. Some of them are for phobias and fears and PTSD. You can use them in leadership and business. And the techniques that I use a lot in my coaching is focused on negative thoughts and how to change those. And again, it's at that unconscious level. And it, it takes work. It's not a one and done, just like you can't get a perfect body by going to the gym for one day. You have to repetitively do these techniques and you're going to see that change over a period of time. And so you're just going to start to shift the way that you're thinking at that unconscious level. Oh, gosh, I might need some of that. <laughs> Very helpful. I had a lot in my life. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. So I guess then you take that practice and just 
formulate that for your clients and your audience and whatever life transition they're dealing with. Yes. And as you mentioned, there are so many different techniques and some work for some people and some are more successful than others. So I do offer a variety of techniques for people to try based on their specific situation. The easiest ones that I can even explain right now, it's called anchoring. And the idea is that when you have negative thoughts or frustration, things that just kind of start to overwhelm you during the day, how can you center yourself and get anchored? And I mean, one of those is taking deep breaths. I think all of us know that just Take a deep breath and it helps you. But anchoring is you're as adding something physical to a positive thought that you have in your mind. So a happy place. For me, it's the beach. I love the beach. So when I would think of the beach and picture that happy moment for myself, you do a very small physical motion. It can be something simple like touching your fingers together, tapping your leg. And what you do is you think about that happy thought when you're doing that movement. And then when you're practicing that later on, when you start to get frustrated or overwhelmed, just by doing that movement, it's going to physiologically create that calm feeling that you feel. Now, it doesn't fix everything in that situation, but it can center you in that moment when you start to get a little overwhelmed. Oh, this is a good one. First of all, I'm going to be anchored with you at the beach because that's my happy state. (laughs) But that, I've never heard that before. I love that. That seems like such a useful and doable, easy approach to at least start that process of changing your pattern. Yeah, it's very easy to do. Mine, I tap my knee because I used this a lot when I was in the corporate world. And if I was in a meeting, you know, no one could tell if I was slowly tapping my knee just to center myself and calm myself down. But it's really, really easy. You can practice it in the shower. You can practice it in only like 30 minutes a day as you start to practice pairing that happy thought with that physical motion. And then it starts to just kind of work into your life. And it's pretty fascinating the way how easy it works. Mm -hmm. I love that because you deal a lot with, like I said, life transitions. And today we're talking specifically about divorce and dating in both of those spaces or arenas, people do feel vulnerable and afraid and tentative. First, let's talk about resilience. Resilience in divorce. Well, I think it's in stages. In the beginning, bouncing back, really, you're not even there yet. So I think one of the first things I would say is that to be resilient, you do have to go through those stages of grief. And going through all of those stages are very, very important in that process of resiliency, because if you just try to skip to the end, you're going to be going backward, as you both know. And so it's really embracing that pain that you do have to go through that healing process, which is going to lead you on that path to resiliency, which is, you know, bouncing back and creating new relationships with yourself and new patterns and rebuilding what pieces of you were broken. And I wrote a blog on, you know, when something is broken, You can't put it back together exactly how it was and just like our hearts. And I think that's a good thing, though, because we learn and we grow from that. We grow from all of our experiences and divorce being a really challenging one that you can grow and you can learn from, which is going to move you into that next chapter and and show your resiliency. Mm -hmm. Gosh, and it's so rewarding, right? Yes. Kind of like Karen, when you work with budgets with people. It's so painful for you to train them. And if you're the one on the other end trying to live with your budget, you're like, oh my God, I got to go through this again. So the resiliency of working with Karen for a year on a budget would be amazing. <laughs> I could have so used that, true. Karen. 
<laughs> That's so true. But the transformation, as we're talking about today, is palpable because typically when people have never worked with a budget before, they're so afraid and so scared and they don't want to face it because they don't really want to know the outcome because it's a, to them, it's a feeling of, well, now all of my mistakes are going to show themselves. And I ask them to look at it in a different way. I ask them to look at it in, well, now you get to be in charge of every single penny that comes your way and you can leverage that to whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter how you used to do it or the decisions you've made, we're going to know. And then you get to behave differently moving forward. And so then that becomes empowering, right? And I think in so many different areas of life transition, to your point, developing a process of walking through and just taking the next step is really empowerful, yeah, empowering, that, I should say. Exactly. Just taking that step to talk to someone like you about their budget or to talk to a life coach about what are some techniques that I can use to start healing this pain. But I know for me, when I was going through my divorce, Karen, I really, really could abuse you because, you know, my ex-husband, he's an accountant. And so he handled all of our finances. And not that I wasn't aware of how to manage a budget. I did that for a job. I had a $3 million budget in my corporate world. But personally, it was very, very different. And even taking that first step is a sign of resiliency because you're admitting that you want support and help. And that's why all of us are out there to help women or help men that are feeling like they're not sure what that next step should be. Mm -hmm. So great. So let's move on to the topic of dating after divorce. How do you help people in that space? <laughs> well, I was with my ex-husband for 23 years. We met when I was in high school. And so I didn't date really in my 20s. And so when I started dating after divorce, it was, what is this online dating world? I'm very confused. And it was very, very new for me. But I think that there are so many different articles that you can read out there on when you should start after divorce. And in my opinion, it is so different for everybody, just like creating your own recipe. I don't think you can say that you should wait six months or you should wait for a year because some people have disconnected from that relationship years before they actually file for divorce. So emotionally, they might be ready to start dating even a month after divorce, and that's okay. And there are other people who were blindsided by the divorce, and they're not ready to start dating for a couple of years. And again, that's personal to them. And I would say before you do start dating anyone, date yourself. And I think that that sounds kind of strange, but it's really getting to know yourself. And I say this because of experience. I was with someone from such a young age that I didn't really know me. We were one in the same. And I thought that I liked certain styles in my living room. And it turns out I don't. <laughs> so really taking that time to get to know yourself. And even if you know yourself really well, trying new things. Maybe you've always thought of taking a tap dancing class. That was me. And I did it. And, you know, it was really fun. I'm not great at it, but it was a fun experience. And so I think before you start to try to build that romantic relationship with someone else, really take that time for yourself. And then even after you are in a relationship, and this can be even if you're married right now, you've gotten remarried in your life, still taking that time for yourself. And going out to dinner by yourself can be really challenging for some people. And it was really uncomfortable for me at first. And now I love it. I just, I love people watching and kind of just experiencing that time by myself. So that's where I'd say to start. 
before you jump into that next relationship. I really admire that you're handling it from that approach of, you know, dating yourself or taking care of yourself first, because that's when you, you know, when you're going through that divorce, you usually are in that relationship for so long, not worrying about yourself or you're thinking about other things, your kids or what have you. When you come out, because it is true, how do you take care of anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself? Right. And it is scary to do that. And I, you know, in embracing that you might have a different thought than you thought you had, just like your marriage may have been something that you thought it was, but it really actually wasn't. Right. So now you're going through that process. And when you find that person, you've already determined in, in your heart that you're okay either way. Right. You're finding it for the right reason, not for a forced reason. Exactly. It's not looking for that other person to make you happy. It's being happy with yourself. I mean, we're all responsible for our own happiness. And then that new person in your life can just enhance that happiness for you. But it really does help to knowing yourself and learning what your non-negotiables are in a relationship. And so if you start dating too quickly, you might fall back into that relationship that you had just exited. So if you're not taking that time to really determine what you want in that partner, then I think you're just going to keep repeating patterns. My gosh, how many bad dates did you go through to get to a good one? I think I think Carrie Underwood wrote the best song about that. Something about I'd rather kiss my dog. It's a great song. I forget the name of it. But yeah, I have some stories. We could probably write another book on that together. Yes, I'm sure we could. <laughs> so how, how does one know when they're ready? Are there markers or identifiers that they could say, oh, well, I can check off those three things. So maybe I am ready. Or is it just different, like you said, for every single person? It is different for everyone. But I would say you feel that you're trying to start dating because you don't want to be lonely, then you're not ready. Because getting comfortable being alone is so important because that next relationship might not work out. And then, I mean, breakups hurt no matter what. But if you're just trying to fill that void, I don't believe that you're ready for that. Try to fill that void with other things, with your friendships or, you know, again, doing activities and and getting to know yourself. But if you're just trying to fill the void of being lonely, that's part of the healing process. We should feel lonely for a little while. And then if you go on a date, you think, all right, I think I'm quite, I'm ready for it. And it just doesn't feel right. Okay, maybe you tried it and you need to step back for a little bit. But I think the timing can be different. But if you're just trying to fill that void, I personally don't believe you're quite ready yet. That's a good marker. That's something everybody can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. So self-care. Self-care, you say, is important. I completely agree with you when you're going through a divorce or unexpected challenging transition. So talk about that a little bit. Well, first I'll mention, I have a free ebook on self-care that you can download on my website. And I wrote this ebook because I think that so many people associate self-care with being very fluffy, going and getting a massage or spending the day at the spa, which are great forms of self-care. But self-care is very simple and it's very different for everybody. But self-care when you're going through a divorce or breakup can be getting out of bed, taking a shower and brushing your teeth. Those are forms of self-care. And so in my book, I talk about seven self-care tips that you know you should be doing, but you might not be doing. And sleeping is one of them. But when you're going through like a divorce or a challenging time, it, it's hard to sleep. But just being 
okay with being calm in laying bed and relaxing, that can even be just as beneficial. Don't stay up and watch TV and play on your phone. Take that time still to rest. And so self-care, it's going to make you not just better for yourself, but it makes you better for all of those relationships. You know, Catherine, you mentioned that, you know, you have to take care of yourself to be the best mom, to be the best friend, to be the best coworker, to be the best partner. You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, but it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be something as simple as taking five minutes to walk around the block, deep breaths before you come back to your computer and work for the afternoon. Jasmine, another great reality check for anyone listening, because you don't acknowledge the good things that you do during the day. So if you can get out of bed and brush your teeth and brush your hair or take a shower, you know, acknowledge all of those things that you couldn't do yesterday. And that is taking care of yourself. And you don't have to be embarrassed about that because you're doing something for yourself. And you're right. People think, oh, she takes care of herself. She goes to the spa. She does this. She does that. But it isn't about that. It is just starting from really just the inside of the everyday simple tasks, as people might call it. It's not so simple for everyone. Another good recipe for you to write about. (laughs) Oh, what you did, you download, you have the downloadable ebook, which is fabulous. Because I think people, once they start acknowledging that they did that today and they did it better than they did it yesterday, it gets them to that next goal that they may have. Exactly. And this time of year, people make resolutions, they're setting goals. And well, by now, you know, the the second month that we're in, people start to have those fall off and then they feel bad about themselves. And for example, I want to eat healthier this this year. And they did were great for a couple of months, but then they kind of fell off track. In my book, I talk about that balance because yes, comfort food is wonderful when you're going through a challenging time. We want that, we crave that, our bodies actually do. But Maybe go ahead and have the pizza, but have an apple as well. And so having that balance and and I think having those goals that are a little bit more realistic, that is still self-care. You know, you had your pizza today. That's okay. But you also had the apple. So celebrate that, that you had the apple today. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I need the book. I need this book. I love that <laughs> because a lot. I think most people equate self-care to something more elaborate or more. That's an, an event centric. Versus just basic self-care that you can add on to. I love that. You know, I kind of relate that to financials when I think about it. You know, I always say it doesn't matter that you know what the numbers on the statement are showing you. It matters that you have the statement, that you see the numbers and that your name is on this account or it's not on the account. You take it to that step first because a lot of people don't even like looking at the statement. So if you could just get the statement or log into someplace now, because I know it's not all about paper anymore, but log in and see that you can actually log in. Don't worry about understanding everything or what the purpose is. Just take that first step towards it and you will start transforming into a healthier financial life. I can relate to that too, because I was very overwhelmed. Again, I wasn't in charge of the personal finances. And so when I had my own accounts and was logging in, just as you said, Catherine, I didn't quite know all the bits and pieces, but it still did feel empowering. And And that was kind of a form of self-care for myself to really be taking that step in my personal life. Definitely. And that's a scary step, especially because you were married to an accountant. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So Jasmine, how can our listeners and viewers learn more about you and your work? I know you have several programs available. I do. I would say the best way just to get to know a little bit more about me 
is to visit my website. I have an about me page and then I have all my different coaching options and that free ebook that I mentioned, you can find on my website, as well as the link to all my different social media platforms are on there as well. I do post a blog. I used to do it weekly, but life's getting busier. So it's still at least once a month, if not twice a month, I post a blog there. So just free content that I put out there for my followers. And then I have a couple of different coaching options. I do have a free 30-minute webinar where you can learn more about NLP. And I walk you through a practice on how to do some of those things. And then I have a 90-minute online masterclass. And then I do one-on-one coaching as well. I will say I love your Instagram, personally speaking here. I, there's something about your Instagram. First of all, I just think you're so adorable. You're just so pleasant always. You're so pleasant, inviting looking. And so it's a cheery way to start your day or in the middle of the day. You have really great posts. You know, I'm all about quotes and inspirational. And I'm, I'm emotional that way. But I, I love your Instagram. I just love your messaging, what you say. It's really welcoming. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I try to make sure there's a balance with the positivity and then also acknowledging that, you know, we do have bad days and have your bad day. And then the next day, that was yesterday. Kind of just keep moving forward. That's a motto I say often is just keep moving forward. Well, I think your bad day sometimes can end up being a good day because of the way you balance that. And I think that's part of it. It's it's very good. So if you're not following her, I would follow her because I I think it's worth it. It it makes me smile anyway. Hey, awesome. (laughs) All right. So more about Jasmine will definitely be in the show notes. This concludes this episode on personal growth, dating and resiliency after divorce. Thank you, Jasmine, for a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. If you're facing divorce and not sure where to start, you're not alone. The average cost of divorce in the U.S. is over $15,000, and the process can be emotionally draining. But with our divorce financial planning services, you can understand your settlement options and make confident decisions about your future. Our team of certified divorce financial analysts will create a personalized financial plan for your divorce, giving you the tools you need to negotiate from a place of strength. And because we know that you have enough on your plate, we offer a hassle-free divorce preparation platform that gives you instant digital access to us and your financial divorce plan. If you want to easily untangle your finances from your spouse and prepare for your future after divorce, connect with us at MyDivorceSolution.com. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for a personalized financial divorce plan. Thanks for joining us on another episode of WeChat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you are looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.